Blog Talk Radio.
was going to create man. He knew what man would do. So thus he set a plan into motion that he can once again reconcile man back to himself. One mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. By one man, sin come into the world. But through the second Adam, another man, the God-man, redemption and grace and deliverance and salvation come into the world. So the Bible says there in verse 6 that he hath made us accepted in the beloved through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is all about grace. This is all about the work that Christ did at the cross. We've done nothing to earn this. We simply receive it. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You can't do enough penance. You can't do enough works. Yes, the Bible does say that without works, faith is dead. But we're certainly not saved by those works. We are saved by the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. And when we repent, recognize our spiritual condition, recognize we're undone without Jesus Christ, and accept him into our heart and to our life. Say the sinner's prayer. See, you've got to be convicted. You've got to be drawn. People say, well, well, I'll do this for so long, on and on and on and on. Then I'll serve Christ. No. You'll not get saved any time you want. It's when the spirit and the bride says come. When the drawing of the Holy Ghost. Don't ignore the drawing and the pull of the Holy Spirit in your life. Even as a Christian, don't ignore his tutelage. Don't ignore his teaching. Don't ignore his effort to guide us. Because he will speak to us. And you'll know when he does. If you're a child of God. Because the Bible says, my sheep. No, my voice. Verse 7, we're going to talk today about the price was paid for the church. Was the church a purchased entity? Was the church the plan of God from the foundation of the world? Yes, yes, yes. Is the church pertinent and meaningful in the world today? Yes. Because out of the church comes the gospel, the preaching of Jesus Christ. Are there false churches? Yes. Are those churches that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof? Yes. Is there an apostate church? Yes. The Bible says that. Take heed that no man deceive you. Many say, lo, I am here and lo, I am there. But he said, go not. Verse 7, Ephesians chapter 1, the price for the church. Verse 7, Ephesians 1, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In whom? Whom is, of course, Jesus Christ. Redemption, the act to pay a ransom in full. In other words, we were saved off the auction block of sin. We were redeemed. We were delivered. We were set free by what Jesus Christ did at the cross 2,000 years ago. So what's the price? 
the outpouring of the blood of the Son of God. What's the price to purchase the church, to purchase my soul and your soul, to set us on a a path of righteousness according to him, because we have none. The Bible says our righteousness is but filthy rags. Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips. I am undone. Isaiah chapter 6 depicts that he took a coal off the altar, the place of sacrifice, the place of repentance, and laid it on the lips of this great prophet and said, Whom shall I send? And Isaiah said, After his vision, Lord, send me. The church is a sent entity. The church is the ecclesia, the called out ones, separated supposedly unto the world. But why does so much of the church world look like the world, mimic the world? Come on. Why? What's the purpose of that? Modern day church does not allow the Holy Ghost to draw individuals, but yet they implement programs, and nothing wrong with programs as long as they're Holy Ghost-based. But I'm going to make this statement. We don't need the world to draw people. We need the Holy Spirit to draw people. Because there's a finality about the Holy Ghost drawing. There is a uh, 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 longevity when the Holy Ghost draws. When the Holy Ghost draws an individual and then they come unto the Lord, then they are saved. Indeed, the Bible says, for those that the Son set free is free indeed. In whom we have redemption through his blood. That word redemption there, like I said, that's to pay the ransom in full. We can refer, we can look back to the book of Exodus and uh, what somebody called the Sea of Reeds, which was the redemption of the children of Israel from the the, uh, 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 mighty oppressing hand of Pharaoh, which is a type of sentence. God sent Moses to Pharaoh and said, set my people free and start to implement his plan ending with the great Passover. For this shall be the first day of the first month. It shall be a new beginning for you, he said. When you take the lamb, keep it 14 days, shed the blood in the basin, and take that Mediterranean plant and the hyssop and ply it to the doorstop. The beginning, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. They left after the Passover. They come up against what is called, we, uh, uh, that it's documented at the Red Sea. The great Red Sea in front of them, Pharaoh's army bearing down, come on now, behind them. No way of escape, but God had a plan. So they call it the Sea of Reeds, referring to the Red Sea redemption, where God Almighty told Moses, lift up your staff, and he parted the waters, and the Bible says they walked over on dry land. Got on the other side and the Bible says they begin to celebrate. Miriam began to uh, beat the tambourine and dance because they cried, for God Almighty has drowned Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. The oppressor was taken out. And the individual, the Jews, were redeemed from an awful fate 
which has certainly been death. This man had no compassion. This man was an oppressor. This man thought himself to be God, but yet God redeemed them. And the Passover, of course, that they celebrated pointed to our Lord and Savior, who? Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Hebrews 9.12 says this, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The only way. His blood is the only blood that once and finally reconciled man back to God and gave men salvation and redeemed men off the auction block of sin. And he's still doing it today. The perpetual blood of Jesus Christ. The song says the blood will never ever lose its power. Leviticus 17 says the life is in the blood and I have placed it up on the altar as an atonement for your sins and for your soul. He says for the forgiveness of sins. How important is that? Very important. For all sin to come short of the glory of God. If you confess your sins before God, he is faithful and true to forgive your sins, to cast them as far as the east is from the west into the sea of forgiveness. In Psalms 25, 11, the psalmist said, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity. That word iniquity means to be lawless, to be a rebel, for it is great. Can we say today that our sin's great? Any sin's great. Sin kills. The wages of sin is and always will be death, according to what the Word of God says. In Matthew 9, 2, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven. He was the palsy caused by sin. His sickness is caused by sin. I believe some is, yes. Yes. But there's infirmities. The Bible says that Christ is touched with our infirmities. God knows all. But there's an importance that our sins be forgiven. So we can't walk around with unconfessed sin. We can't do it. The Word of God says we must confess our sin before God. He's the only one that can forgive, that can forgive sin. Let's go to 1 John 1, nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. That means he'll do it. And just, the only justifier to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him or God a liar, and his word is not us. Does he still convict of sins? Should we be conscious of sin? Should we acknowledge the sin in our life? Should we go about to establish our own righteousness against the word of God? The word of God is a mirror. The law was a mirror. It showed man his shortcomings, 
but yet the law could not deliver from them. It took blood. It took the blood of Jesus Christ. In Luke 24, verse 46, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power on high. So the preaching of the forgiveness of sins should be done out of the church. Should we preach on sin of the church according to the word of God? Yes. Should we point out what the Bible says is sin according to the word of God? Yes, we need to point it out, even in our own lives. This book that we read, as we read it, it'll read you because the Holy Ghost will confirm our lives. The Bible says, God spoke to Samuel and said, For man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inward part of a man. So it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Undeserved favor, the grace of God. For Paul preached grace and mercy. In John 15 and 19, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. This is grace that's laid out for every individual today that he can deliver us. And keep us, no matter of your circumstance or your situation. If you call upon the name of the Lord today, he will make a way where there is no way. Now, the Bible says this, God's not mocked. That whatsoever a man sows, so shall that man reap. There's such a thing as paying for past sins, yes. Seeds you've planted years ago, you might pay for I, I don't know your circumstance or your situation. But I know what the Bible says. That the wages of sin is death. But see, Jesus paid those wages at the cross. In Romans 5.15, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, have abounded unto many. Hmm. Romans 5.20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. In other words, the revelation of the offense abounded by the law. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The plan of God is foolproof if you accept it. And the plan of God is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Verse 8, wherein he hath abounded towards us, in all wisdom and prudence. That word abound there means God's grace being manifested towards us in a superabundance poured out upon us. Tell Zerubbabel, grace, grace, power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. 
Bound means to exceed, to excel, to increase. Abundance. He says, Paul wrote, with all wisdom and with prudence. Prudence. What does prudence mean? Simply, it's intellectual or moral insight. The ability, by the word of God, to govern or discipline oneself by use of common knowledge or common sense or by reason, which is God-given. The word of God will, will lead us into right reasoning. Proverbs talks about a man, woman, boy, or girl needs to use discretion in all matters of their lives. So wherein have he have bound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Verse 9. Having made known unto us, uh, I went to school at a pronoun which is plural, means, means all, the mystery of his will, hmm. according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. So this mystery, Paul was writing about the mystery where he went to Arabia, and the Holy Ghost gave him the mystery or the mystical union between God and his church, how important the church is, how important. See, they had to fight for the church. They wrote epistles because they said things like, for men shall come in and they shall be wolves in sheep's clothing. That men will come in to deceive. The Bible says they're called ravenous wolves or wolves to destroy, to try to pollute the doctrine. I said doctrine of Jesus Christ. He said, I make known to you a mystery, a secret not exposed until the New Testament. Paul wrote most of the New Testament speaking of the mystery of his will. The mystery of his will. God's plan. Jesus Christ called him out. Knocked him off his source. Blinded him for a season. Set him apart. Sent him to Arabia. And gave him these epistles. Gave him the, the, uh, the teaching of grace and mercy. Told Paul it's all about the cross, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension, the plan of God, which was 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 uh, from the foundation of the world. So the secret that was hidden in the past is now revealed. Jesus Christ in the Old Testament concealed in the New Testament revealed. It's all about Him, all about him. Romans eleven twenty five, for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become. You can read that in the last part of Ephesians, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter six. Well, they rejected the Messiah. But the Bible says it's coming day when they will embrace him. For where did you get those scars? In the house of my friends. This is a judicial blindness. Read it. Isaiah 6 and Romans 11. Romans 16:25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Hmm. Paul get a revelation? Yeah. Yep. 
He certainly did. Colossians 1.27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery, the mystical union among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's hidden when people choose, choose for it to be hidden in their lives. But it's there for you today. The revelation's given. He said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when men have no hope today, Jesus Christ is the hope. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. He's coming. All power and all dominion has been given unto him. Now, I know people uh, laugh at this and lampoon it and lambaste it, whatever you want to say, but, but the truth is that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he will rule from Jerusalem with a rod of iron. Armageddon and the thousand-year millennial. And after that, Satan loose for a little time of season. God putting him down and casting him away forever. And then the perfect eternal age is coming where Jesus Christ will rule and reign. For the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of God and his Christ. Christian has a future. Verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together, listen now, in one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So who has dominion and power? Who's going to get the final word? When the Bible says there's coming a day when everybody the day that growls and snarls at the gospel and laughs and lampoons, your knee will bow and your tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Make no mistake about it. Those that deny his name, those that blaspheme his name, their knees will bow and their tongue will confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. We read in the book of what revelation where they were the wrath of God being poured out and they gnaw their tongues and curse God and still didn't repent. That's reprobate. That's turned over. That's given over to your own delusion. In the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in all in one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Dispensation. What's that mean? It's a time of an administration. A time of administration. Let's go to Hebrews a minute. Off the cuff here. Hebrews 1, 1, 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God who at sundry times in divers manners Spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Half in these last days, where we're at now, spoken unto us by his son. That's the only message there is. There's no other message. There's no other Christ but him. Now, I know they people say he's a good man, he was a good teacher, but he's not the son of God. Yes, he was. By his son, whom he hath appointed 
heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. You know, the heir, he was the creator. All things were made by him and for him. <laughs> all dominion and all power gather all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So dispensation means an administration. How God chooses to dispense his spirit at a certain time. Some call it an economy. It's the way a God moves. during. It. We're coming to the end of a dispensation, the church age. Church age. So it's a well-ordered plan, well-oiled plan, a plan set in motion from the foundation of the world. It says, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him. So, at the cross, the fall of man was addressed. <clears throat> and also, the revolution of Lucifer, which are in heaven and which are on earth. All powers and all principalities will bow unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So where did the revolution of, what's he called? Lucifer. Not now, but then he's called Lucifer, the light bearer. It began in heaven. Philippians 2.10. That the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So you see the full power that all things are under his feet. Until God makes his enemies his footstool. Jesus Christ is coming. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Yes, he is the Son of God. He sits at the Father's right hand, making intercession for me and you today. Verse 11. In whom we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. We have obtained an inheritance. So we are designated. And we are his possession. We belong to him. And the Bible says we are heirs and Join there. We go back up here. That he purchased, listen, he purchased the church with his blood. He purchased the church. We are his possession. We are the work of Christ. Thus, we are his heritage. And we are heirs and joint heirs. The will was written years ago and probated at the cross. Okay, the word predestined, to limit in advance, that is to predetermine, ordain, or predestinate. Once again, the plan of God was predestined. Men make a choice. I would hate to think that God would cre create anybody with the plan of them going to hell. The Bible says, I would that none would perish. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. Now, does God know who's going to heaven and who's going to hell? Yes, yes, yes. But he didn't predestine. He didn't predestine. A lot of arguments over that today. But Abraham said, shall not the judge of the whole earth do at his judgments, especially the right throne, he'll be justified to, to pass the sentence because opportunity was given for men to receive him, and they rejected him. Proverbs 19.21, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Many devices in the heart, but the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. That we are his ecclesia, his called out ones. That we are his body that he has purchased us with a price, that the function of the church should probably be retaught in the house of God. We're not a social function. We're a divine entity. The Bible says we've been been called out. We've been separated for a purpose, for a reason, for a time period to do what? to preach the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And through the shedding of his blood seven times from Gethsemane to the cross, he purchased our redemption. When he bowed his head and said, it is finished, the plan of mercy and grace and redemption was finished at the cross. We don't need anybody else coming in and finishing anything up. It was all done. One time, the Bible says, he come into the Holy of Holies and put the blood on the mercy seat. We don't need to kill our farm animals anymore because the blood of Jesus Christ is more than adequate. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing, the blood of Jesus. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Remember without ceasing your work of faith and labor and love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. So the the church was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Verse 7. Verse 7. The first lesson of the body. We are his body. He is and always will be the head. Today we talked about he purchased. He purchased. He bought. He laid down his life that the church might be the church. That we might understand the mystery 
of his will, which is given by revelation according to the word of God. If people go outside the Bible to get revelation, if somebody says to you, this is not in the Bible, but God showed me this, get away from them. Amen. For I shall confirm my words out of the mouths or two or three. So today we'll give you opportunity to receive the man, Christ Jesus, who's the mediator between God and man. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, I shall believe in thy heart that God that raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. He says, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. This is universal. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we're in a time period. We're coming to the end of this age. The curtain call, so to speak. We're in the, I believe, the last of the last days. I don't know the hour of the day, and neither do you, neither does any man. We don't set dates. But know this, when you see these things come to pass, look up for your redemption draws nigh. But you say we've already been redeemed. We have, but the redemption of our body. But our our, our mortality will put on immortality. When our corruption, my Lord, shall put on incorruption. For Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. The Bible declares he was he took stripes on his back that you might be healed. He was chastised for your peace of mind. And he was bruised for our iniquities. Call on him and seek him while he may be found. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. To see, Lord, and you sent it forth. You said Lord, that one plants and one waters, but you bring the increase. We ask you today in Jesus' name that you touch every individual that hears this word today out of, out, of, out of your book. This is your word, not mine. We ask you to heal, deliver, and save souls today. Lord, I don't know what circumstance, what problems, situation men and women, boys and girls are dealing with today, but Lord, I know that you have the answer. And I ask you today to make a way of the wisdom way which you said you would do. Open those things, Lord, that no man can close and close those things that no man can open. Change lives today, Lord. Change our lives. Lord, your servant Job said, I'll wait all the days of my life for my change. Never let us lose sight of who you are. Lord, we know the world is like a magnet. It pulls. It pulls at us, Lord. Lord, we acknowledge that today. But you're greater. You're greater. You're greater. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.